Good evening. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. It is myself, John Anderson, at the helm again tonight. Um, I have got quite an action-packed show to get through tonight. We've got lots and lots uh, of content, but let's introduce who we've got along tonight. We have got the terrible twosome themselves. We've got Craig Manson. Craig, good evening. Good evening. How are we doing? Not too bad, buddy. Not too bad. And we've got what looks like fresh from, let's call it, training. Well, we, uh, we've got Johnny McGinty. Johnny, welcome. Good evening. How are we doing? Uh, I actually haven't been training tonight. I'm just You've waiting. not been this. training? No, I trained last night. You trained last night? What, have you not changed? No, I just always <laughs> dress like this, John. <laughs> I, hope he's going, I, hope, I hope he's going tomorrow night because uh, uh, my boy's home and my boy's going back to training. So it'll be interesting oh. to see if, uh, see if Johnny and, and, and Logan will be uh, up for doing Broncos. Logan will take him. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'll not be teaming up with Logan for any fitness. Those of you who don't know Craig's son, he is he is he's, he's quite quite a fit young gentleman. He looks like he uh, he, he certainly knows his way about a, a Bronco or two. So um, yeah, I, I think that's a for a, for a man of your your experience, Johnny. Let's call it that. Um, I think that would be a wise uh, decision. He's been really nice to you there, Johnny, with your experience. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Did you, yeah, see, yeah. see, see what I mean? That? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm obviously feeling very pleasant and uh, clearly uh, chipper tonight. So not not. I'm going to keep that maybe. one in my back pocket. Uh, well, we'll see. What, yeah, exactly. I was going to say. Yeah, we'll I've, see I've got a bit much experience to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Let let the game come to you, Johnny. That's that's how you do it. Um, anyway, welcome everybody who's joining us live. And if you're listening back to this, um, I hope your morning commute is not too bad. I hope the roads are nice and clear and you are blasting on your way to work or wherever you may be going. Um, if, if, you're, if you're joining us for, for the first time, again, where the hell have you been? But uh, welcome. 
Uh, you can head over to the, we've got a couple of banners here for those of you watching live, but you can head over to scottishrugbyblog.co.uk uh, to support the blog and see any of the latest news and views on Scottish rugby. You can also support the podcast um, by going over to patreon.com slash scottishrugbypodcast, where £3 a month will get you exclusive content, including the legendary, the mythical Hands in the Ruck section, which uh, is where myself and the troops will put, I presume tonight, we'll be putting some some, some wrongs to right, shall we say, um, after the, the exploits of some at the weekend. It should be good fun. Looking forward to it. Um, you can, of course, if you're one of the socials, you can head over to Facebook, where we're Scottish Rugby Podcast, where we are still alive. We have not been taken down uh, this week, which is great. Uh, unlike last, you can head to Twitter at Scott Rugby Pod or YouTube or Twitch or any other of these youth channel things where you can find content on us. I don't know. Does Cammy still do the TikToks? Because he was going through he, a wee TikTok phase for a while, wasn't he? Has he has been doing a few TikToks for a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got to get him back onto the TikToks. You know, that's um, the, the kids, kids with their attention span of like 30 seconds. They've, you know, you've got to, got to get back to TikToks. <laughs> And um, the more experienced people yeah, like myself um, are, are, I, I don't have quite a short attention span to keep up TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So, as, as I said, we've got a couple of things to get through tonight. We'll just um, we'll come come to the the comings and goings in the squad uh, after this. But obviously, the main event of the weekend: Scotland, France, um, at Murrayfield. I'm not going down this corporate nonsense route. I refuse to sanction that in any way, shape, or form. Um, and it is hilarious watching the people trying to like remember what they're meant to call it. It is desperately funny to me. But fear, um, fear place. You only just called it Murrayfield, by the way. Did you see that? He did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, he had no. Yeah, go and see Ernie. Love it. Um, so let's <laughs> come to you first, Johnny. Um. At halftime, our group chat was a uh, a place to behold. It was it was a a, a, a place of despair, if you will. Um, talk us through what were Scotland? What was the plan that first half? What were Scotland doing? Oh, as as the uh, the buses hit the uh, the server again, I think. Oh, hey, we're back. Again. We're back. There we go. Hey, did you catch the question? Uh, I I caught the start of it. There were some fairly unhappy campers uh, at yep. halftime on yep. Saturdays. Um, yeah. Talk 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 about Scotland's game plan in that first half. Well, I I quite charitably was saying that it felt like it wasn't the game plan that anyone expected to see from Scotland. That possibly. There was some things being being tested and tried out, and they wanted to put themselves into a bit of a different situation and try some things that they maybe weren't that comfortable with. Um, and it didn't really go very well, did it? <laughs> so it seemed to be sort of like back to plan A in the second half. And I think we probably saw more of what you'd expect from Scotland in the first two or three minutes of the second half than we saw in the entire first half. It was uh, it was much much better. Um, I've seen a few clickbait articles, interviews with Darcy saying, uh, say, you know, this is what 
having said at half time, but I've not clicked anything yet. Um, I don't really have much interest in that sort of nonsense, to be honest. Um, but interested to see that they're all saying it was Finn's captaincy at half time that kind of pulled them up for the second half. Yeah, it, it was interesting on on the park, Craig. Watching obviously Finn Russell in his first game as captain. Um, I know a lot of people were concerned about how he would take to the role. Would it be, you know, would it would it essentially detract from the day job? But um, I, what? How did you think he went as captain? Um, uh, the, you see, the problem you have is that Finn Russell playing to a game plan that he's not all that fussed about produces fairly poor play. Um, and then once it gets to a point where um, everything's going wrong and everything's looking stale, etc., and people turn in and go, right, okay, Finn, just do what you want. Um, or, or what is perceived to be go and do what you want, Finn. Um, that's when we seem to see fireworks and everything seems to work. <clears throat> I think it's just been a... They, they tried to, to, to do a lot of work within the forwards. They wanted to try and... I guess they wanted to try and match and push um, the French around, maybe for preparing for South Africa, you never know. Um, there was a lot of kicking involved, but it, it just didn't, with France, you don't, I, I, personally, I don't think you should be doing, giving them a lot of ball, you should be keeping the ball to yourself. And so it seemed to be, um, you know, it just seemed to be misfiring completely. Um, and then all of a sudden they had a half-time chat um, and the, and the shackles were off, you know. Yeah, Johnny, how how good were that French team though? Because I know, like certainly me and Ian last week, we 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 kind of went out and said it's a young French team, quite inexperienced. Um, you know, Scotland should be targeting that for not not an easy win, but you know, Scotland should be winning that game. And obviously, at half time, I'm sitting with my head in my hands and getting ready for the humble pie uh online but just how good how good were that french side and did did scotland win that second half or was that france taking a foot off the gas I don't oh he's gone again he's no he seems to have a bit of if, a, a if that, oh, there we go if that's the third france team then i'm away again have a go. Hey, I'm back again. Uh, no, if, if that's the, the third or even second, I'm away again. No, you're okay. We can no, hear you. Back. Here. I don't know what's going on. There's not even anyone watching telly in my house. Um, France are going to win the World Cup, essentially. <laughs> like that, that was a really, really good team for being for being not France's first choice. Jalabert's still in there. Brice Doulan's still in there. Some fairly serious business forwards in there. They've got a lot of depth and I don't know whether Scotland were guilty of showing up and expecting that they were just going to roll over France because it was a, a France reserve team, uh, but that reserve team was no joke. I think Scotland actually did go out and win it. If it was the French starters, possibly Dupont and Entomac wouldn't have let Scotland back in the game in the way that the, the guys who were playing on Saturday did, uh, but I wouldn't be looking at it and thinking, oh, geez, that was... A joke team and they really ran us close because that was a good, good team. And they played very well. And that, that's the thing, Craig. Uh, uh, Sean Edwards spoke after the match and he was saying, obviously, France 
France have a reasonably good idea who they are. 23 is they've got a good mm. idea who their their main their, their their full noise is and almost they're using these games as a a chance for the b team to get get a place in the squad and get you know try and get in getting involved almost as that first step if you're in the 33 then you're you know you're one injury away from from getting a getting a call up you're one injury away from a start what do you expect to see this weekend from France, do, do you think Sean Edwards is playing mind games there, or will we see a, a, another fairly mixed French team? I think you're going to see full noise, to be perfectly honest. Um, full noise in, in France in front of their home fans, they'll be demanding a win, um, especially after last weekend. Um, I have to agree with Johnny. Um, you know, anyone who says that's a set, well, it, it was a second string side, but um, uh. Anyone that thinks that you know a second string that you know a second string French side is going to be going to be useless um, has to really think think again because they're all playing in the top fourteen, one of the best leagues in the in the world, and and they they are you know they just need to come together a little bit more. I think also the fact that um, you know it's almost a repeat of the game that we played against a full full noise side. Um, you know, in the Six Nations where Grant Gilchrist got sent off um, and we came back and, all, and were really a line-out throw away from winning that game. Um, so I, I think we're just getting, you know, uh, getting them comfortable for a little while and then coming back at them. I don't, I'm being flippant, but, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I think we, we've we played well against them in the second half. We were quite, you know, our attack was quite, something i was really impressed with what we were doing um and i think um i certainly wouldn't walk away from that game thinking it was an easy game no it definitely wasn't an easy game johnny and obviously made all the more difficult um given that scotland played a chunk of the second half with 14 men uh if you've been living under a rock and haven't seen the game uh spoiler alert uh, Xander uh, has has done a Wales once again and kind of commit, committed a ruck too high. There's been head contact. Um, we said at the time, Johnny, red cards, like straight up, we said he's in trouble at the time. Obviously, they used the bunker system, which has been trialled out just now and will be used for the World Cup, where the referee gave a yellow card with a view that it would then be reviewed. Um Talk, talk us through the incident because we've had we've we've had discussion in the background about this, but you know, talk us through the the incident. Talk us through where where does Xander stand in that one? It's it's a fairly stuck on red card. Um, there are a couple of things that that go in his favour, and certainly we know this week have have ended up going in his favour, which is that. He does look like he's bound, and then Bugarit puts his head up, and then Xander puts his head and then his shoulder into Bugarit's head. And, like, plain and simple, you cannot do that. That's like very straightforward. You can't make contact with somebody's head, whether it be in a rock and a tackle or whatever. You can't, you can't do it. Uh, initially, I was a bit sitting there thinking, oh, this is exactly the same as the wheels one, and he's in serious trouble now. Um, but but I haven't seen a couple of replays and watched it a few times. It is a little bit different because he, he does kind of manage to get himself bound a little bit. Bugarit's head comes back up as he's binding on and, and he 
kind of clips him in the head with his both his head and his shoulder once he's bound to the ruck, um, which has helped him out a little bit, just purely in the fact that he then got cited for a different law. Um, but that is twice now he's done very similar things, albeit not the same thing by the letter of the law. And I think we have to say this has got to be the very last time as far as Anders concerned. Well, we'll maybe touch on the view of certain sections of Scottish rugby fandom. Um, whether I'm going to just tell you right now, not... we will definitely touch on that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I fear we might. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, Craig, like, so counter, counter argument, French players holding on to the ball um, illegally. Um, the French player has also, he's lifted his head as contact's made, and has bellowed um, like a like a Johnny Sexton to make sure that all and sundry were aware that it was head contact. Um, you know, it's w- w- what was your view on all that shenanigans, and do you think that contributed to the the, the slightly lenient uh, sighting that we've seen? I think I think there's well uh, apart from uh, maybe sighting. That Xander's um, uh, works for the same charity as Owen Farrell. Um, <laughs> I think um, I think it, it's a difficult one because I don't, you know, no matter what Bugarit's done in that rock, being hit by a shoulder and a head um, into your into your face, etc., it's a red card. It doesn't matter what anyone says. Um, I think the issue I felt Bugarit's head came up and. There was there was quite a lot of time for for Xander to change his attitude, but on the other side of things, we're not there. We're, you know, it's it's a, it's a split second decision. We obviously pile a fair bit of um, uh, pressure on these guys because it's their job. They're paid to do it. They should be able to change direction fairly quickly at a, at a minute, a second's notice. But it is a difficult thing when you when you. 20, you know, you're, and you're almost 100 kgs or you're a little bit over and you're coming in because you've got to hit a ruck because everyone tells you, you know, if you don't hit a ruck, you're going to be, you know, you, you're going to be fighting for your place. Um, and, and also in the first half, the forwards weren't hitting the rucks quick enough and they were giving France too many glimmers of ball to 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 fight over. So I, I think I think it, there's, there's quite a lot of contributing factors to what happened to Xander. Um, unfortunately, he he does attract a few penalties. Unfortunately, he's had a red card for a similar incident. So automatically, um, he's up on the chopping block and he's been, you know, he's 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 been hung, drawn, and quartered before he's even he's even spoken his piece. Um, I think that's where we all have to take a breath at times and say, well, actually, you know, there's a lot of different things that are going on. Just as you said, John, you know, with the way that Bougarit was in the in the ruck, he he br- he doesn't bring his head up, then I don't think it's a red card. And, uh, you know, I think Xander was going in and he was binding on. But on the other side of things, did Xander need to be into that ruck? Because, you know, he, whether, depending on which side of the, 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 um, the channel you are, um, either Bugarit's winning a penalty or he's causing a penalty. 
So you know, I think you've 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 made a very good point there as well, Craig. During that, that actually, you know, right. So Xander, in terms of whether he should or shouldn't go into that, there's almost a decision making that's probably been influenced by the fact Scotland at that point were you know still down significantly in the game, and had been absolutely smashed in that first half. Now. Mm. We've all been in rugby dressing rooms where you've been down at halftime and you've taken a bit of a pasting. There's no way that... So Gregor Townsend in the press, the way he said it was, yeah, there was just a couple of messages and we just walked through... We walked through the messages in a calm and concise manner. No one's telling me in a world that, that De Villiers is not in there absolutely smashing heads at halftime because mm-hmm. the forwards were overpowered overpowered, under, you know, just completely blown off that park in that first half. So I wonder if that's contributed to, to Xander's mindset where it is. Yes, I don't need to be in this this space, but I'm showing them I'm up for this, so I'll go and smash it and, you know, it's it's, it's a bit stupid, but I can maybe see the reasoning behind it. Um, a bit stupid might be, again... I think we said this after Xander's I think we said this after Sanders Red against Wales, is that Reds in that sort of situation come down to, I would put the final responsibility for that on the coaches because the coaches need to make more of an effort to say to players, if the ball's lost or the ruck's completed, don't bother. Like, we need to get out of this mindset of hit everything, smash every ruck, compete for every ball, because when Xander gets there, as he's arriving at that ruck, he should be thinking, nah, actually, there's nothing there for me yeah, and then he's not getting sent off but he's not being coached like that coaches aren't telling players be smart about the rucks you hit if the rucks finish don't bother they're telling them go and compete for every ball and let's see what we can get and what he was going to get there was a red card so why are you yeah, doing the, it? yeah and the, the French had, you know looking at the first half there was a, a hell of a lot of um slow rollaways with the French when they were when the so the Scotland players were going into them uh, the French were putting a tackle in. There was a slow roll away, which which really held the um, uh, held the support players up getting into the ruck, um, which was allowing them to jackal and, and, and get the ball. You know, they weren't able to clear the jackler as, or or protect the ball as quickly as they as they should have. And and so you know you can, in my opinion, you can feel the the the, the um, pressure building. You can feel the 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 anger building up inside and the frustration building up because they can't do the job because the French are quite slow at rolling away, which is exactly what they were what I'm sure they've been coached to do. Yeah. Um so that's where but again, it's one of those situations. Um he's two inches lower or an inch lower, hits that rock, there's nothing wrong, you know. So I think we we're all agreed, you know, it is it is a nailed on red card. It's it's contact with the head. Um I'll come to you first, Johnny. So the with that in mind, the incident early doors um, with uh, Ben White, um, there was a, a penalty only, but there was a clear, yes, Ben White is falling, but there was clear shoulder to head uh, with force, and it's a swinging arm as well. For me, uh, at the time, I was surprised it wasn't looked at more. Um, and it almost felt like, it's the first, almost the first hit out of the season, so for for a lot of these guys, so it was like, well, you know, it's the first ten minutes. They're they're just finding their feet, and I thought 
the game was going to be refereed slightly differently because of that. What what was your take on that incident? Would would do you think France got away with that? Absolutely, and that is a that is a nailed on idea of what we've got the bunker for, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it it was difficult to see when it happened, uh, but from the first replay, you could see a swinging arm and you could see contact to Ben White's head. So for me, if I'm Ben O'Keefe, I'm giving a yellow and let the let the bunker sort out because that is head contact and it was a swinging arm and it was reckless and it was coming from a long way away. Um, it's it's what we've got this this whole system for. Um, it is now. We're now into the the law trials of below the sternum tackles. I I don't know if they're doing it for the World Cup. I know we are certainly doing it. Yeah. Um. I spoke to somebody who played last week, and he said that that the problem for them was as soon as they got tired, their tackles started slipping up. Yeah. Um. But we're talking about the first ten minutes of a game, and an international player should not be so tired they can't make a proper tackle in the first ten minutes. Um. I I would have used the bunker for that, and maybe. He would have got away with it. I don't think he would have. The other thing I would have done if I was the Scotland coaching staff, by the way, is take Ben White off immediately after that. I don't know why they tried to make him run off his ankle at the same time. Especially when he's carrying an injury into the game, as as they've said, you know, he, he's yeah. been carrying an, an ankle injury in camp. Uh, Craig, we've mentioned the bunker a few times, and uh, you know, we've tried to explain it to people maybe not aware of what it is. Uh, as I said. Essentially, you've got an opportunity for the the referee will give a yellow card, um, with a view that the, the incident they've then got eight minutes to review the incident, uh, and the yellow card can then be upgraded if it's worthy, uh, upgraded to a red card. Um, how did you think? Like you know, we've seen this now in action. How how do you what do you think of the bunker system? And uh, was was it effective at the weekend? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's one of the law law changes I'm very happy with. Um, it takes away the 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 to and fro and the the horrendously boring. Um, uh, uh, right, bring the camera back on me, and I'll talk you through this all sort of thing that goes on um, with the with, with the TMO and with the, the with the referee. Um, it, it's yeah, you know, make a quick decision and then move on. The only issue I have is who else is while while he while the TMO is sitting reviewing this particular foul play incident. What when the game's going on? Who else is watching the game? That's my only concern. It's, uh, it's not um, the TMO. There's a, it's a there's a fifth person. Oh, it's a separate. The, bu- the bunker ah, and the right, TMO okay. are separate separate rule. Yeah, which I think ah, is brilliant. Right, okay, that's, that's, cool. that's a really good way of doing it. Yeah. So on on my side of things, I think I think going back to the the, the Ben White incident, I think um, you know if it was if he wasn't falling, it was a red. I think it was a yellow at most. Um, but then it's a you know you send it to the bunker for review. But I think I, I do believe for me the swinging arm was the biggest issue. Um, you know, the swinging arm came in and it was it came in fairly heavy and struck him quite heavily. So you know, I, uh, because he was he was losing height, um, that's they would probably bring it down to yellow. But I do think that we're seeing a little. You know, everyone's talking about Ben. You know, the the um, Southern Hemisphere refs are refing up here. The English refs are refing um, the the Rugby Championship at the moment, or where. Um, so. Or, or UK refs, I should say, um, or European. Um, so I think you're seeing a little bit of difference with the the, um, 
the referees from the Southern Hemisphere because they tend to the air on the other the other way with with swinging arms and high tackles and things like that, you know. Um, so it's it's again it's one of those things of trying to get all the referees on the same page. Um, for for me, you know. No, I think that's that's absolutely right, and I, I know there's been some criticism of O'Keefe um, and his performance at the weekend. I don't think he was necessarily biased to either team. I think he no. was just he got he got a couple of decisions wrong, like we would expect referees to do. I think the the big one was we the, the we have to remember as well that that this is World Cup warm up for the referees as well. Exactly, and this yeah. is the first time they've used the bunker. So so in all that all of the teams are now getting themselves ready for the World Cup and getting used to new systems and getting used to new things and and getting themselves ready to go into a World Cup. The referees are doing exactly the same. So, I like as in the same way that I'm not massively upset about any any results as long as we have a decent performance. I'm I'm not going to go mad about the referees or anything that happens with the decision making or anything because they're getting used to this all and they're getting themselves ready for World Cup as well. So as long as it's as long as it's better when the World Cup starts, happy days. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I, th- I think also I'm quite a fan of Ben Keith. So I think he's he's he's. He's a good referee. He's, the big thing for me is he's he's quicker. He speeds up a little bit, and he's also a very clear communicator, which I'm, I'm, you know I like. Yeah, I, I think that's a valid valid point. So the way we've been talking for the first thirty minutes of this podcast, it's it's been a little bit doom and gloom, despite the fact <laughs> Scotland's were victorious in this match. Obviously. A absolutely massive comeback, Johnny, in that second half, and kept France scoreless. Um, at times played some absolutely wonderful rugby. Um, you know, just talk us through what what your takeaways were from the second half. Yeah, um, I think you know we've we've made a big deal about it is it is World Cup warm ups. It was our full noise team. We maybe weren't going through our full game plan in the first half. The first half realistically wasn't a good enough performance. I think we could we could say that quite comfortably. Um, at the same time, I do think that that as much as the victory might not matter in a World Cup warm up, I think that the manner of that victory is really important for Scotland. Um, Scotland have been a team that, until very recently. Uh, quite a few of us, myself especially, have levelled the accusation of being psychologically and mentally not very well prepared and, and probably one of the weaker aspects of their game. So the, the manner of that victory for me is really, really important. Um, whether we won or not, won or not is not a massive concern of mine, like it's a World Cup warm-up, but to be able to dig in, change the game stay competitive, keep France scoreless and get out there and, and dig a win out of those circumstances, I think is really important. Um, if we'd lost, I wouldn't have said it's massively important. If we'd blown them away in the first half, I would have said, all right, good, cool. What we thought was going to work is working. But I do think that that the way we won that is, is important and more important than the fact that we won it, probably. Has has the manner of that, so I, th- I think you're spot on, Johnny, by the way, uh, in terms of the confidence boost that will give them, but has that the manner of that victory, Craig, has that changed almost the importance of the fixture this weekend 
now you've had a you've had a forty minute performance where Scotland have done great things and looked very 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 tidy. Has that now? Does that now put pressure on this weekend to be? You know, they have to back that up, or else what? What was the point and all that? I think if for me, um, Italy showed um, pretty much we're, we're, we're trying to blood in a few new players to see how see if they're going to go to the World Cup. I think the second game against France um, has given us right. We're going to try this game plan and we're going to see how that works. Oh no, that's not worked. Right, okay, so we're going to go this way and we're going to try and win the game. I think this next one is just I would just like to see progression. I'd like them to I'd like to see maybe a a, um, a strong first half, less rusty. Um let's see if we can shove them about a bit, try and try try the, the original game plan again and see if we can get, get anything from it. You know, a little bit more physicality. Let's make sure that the players are the, the, the follow up um uh, the the follow up players that are coming into the ruck are, are are there quicker and we're stopping that glimmer of uh, jackal hope um, for the other um, uh, for the other for the opposition team. So I think it's I would just like to see progression. We know what we got in the second half from Scotland is exactly what we think we can get from Scotland, which is phenomenal. You know, great skill, um, great back play, great movement of the ball. Um, what I'd like to see is a little bit more set piece dominance and a little bit more um, work on the rock, etc. Yeah, so I'll ask you both now, and we're going to mix this up. Uh, I, I think I've been inspired by me and Craig's appearances on, on uh, Scrum of the Earth to mix this up a wee bit. But Johnny, um, that that game there, who who are your takeaway forwards? Who are who were the standout forwards for Scotland? That's tough, like <laughs> uh, not to take anything away from the forwards, but um, I, w- I wasn't overly impressed with. There was quite a lot of people who I thought. Mm. I have to say, um, the breakdown work of Matt Fagerson was really, really good. Um, I thought when he came on, Jamie Batty the same, uh, and Rory Darge his uh, turnover at the end because you see him, you see him put his hands up and go, watch this. Um, so yeah, Fagerson uh, was was great both sides of the breakdown. I thought Jamie Batty's attack, um, defensive breakdown, sorry, in particular when he came on were really good. Uh, and Rory Darge, his turnover ability just is exponentially getting better. Um, but yeah, the for, the forwards, particularly the first half, were a bit of a struggle for me, to be honest. Craig, do we have... Sorry, Craig. Do we have agreement with that, or what's what's your taking forwards? Well, first of all, I have to shake off this Glasgow bias again. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I, I I I think you're right. I think it. You know, we saw some good play from certain certain players. I think one. You know, I agree with Jamie Barty. I think he he did well, and I think could cost Rory Salawandi's place in 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 the World Cup. Um, but also uh, Dave Cherry came on and played incredibly well and could cost you and Ashman his place because I, I think I think there's a good chance that McAnally will go as well because of his his work he's a he's a calming influence and also he's working the in the loose in the first game so it, it's an interesting one um, yeah um, but I, I, I agree with Johnny I think I think the players that 
that he highlighted did a very, very good job. I think it's great to pick out Dave Cherry, though, because obviously, you know... He looks like you. <laughs> <laughs> He's the housewife's favourite as well, so yeah. That's, that, that's it. No, absolutely. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I was once told you look exactly like Dave Cherry from behind, uh, which I'm, I'm, I'm going to take that. that. I'm running with that. So, um, from so a go, uh, Yeah, yeah. And partially... Person was partially sighted. Uh, in the, in the, the, in the dark in from the behind dark. from no, about 40 no, yards no, away. No and, the, and the boy's Labrador was shaking his head and doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I, do you know what? I just thought it had the you know the reflective stripes and stuff and the warning tags on it. I just thought that was like it was just out for a walk, Craig. Like I it's, didn't it's like the Father it. Ted thing. John is very small. <laughs> Dave Cherry is very far away. Very far away. (laughs) (laughs) Craig, I'll come to you. Who are the standout backs? Okay, so I'll throw on my uh, Edinburgh cloak of... uh, See, this isn't um, fair, because you're going to say exactly who I was going to say, and then you're going to claim I had Glasgow bias because I said Uh, Colby Glasgow forwards. Here he goes. This is my opportunity for redemption, and you're letting him go first. I I, I did agree with you. I'm keeping keeping it balanced. No bias here. Let's go, Glasgow. Um, Yeah, I I think, think, um, well, let's let's deal with... uh, Deal with the uh, elephant in the room. Um, Blair Kinghorn is um, our 15. He will always be our 15, and he could be better than Stuart Hogg as a 15. Um, I think he's, um, uh, you know, he's. Ha- I think his dalliance at, uh, at international level at 10 is done, um, and I think uh, he will be in the 15. Uh, the issue is if he's not if he's not starting as a fifteen, um, Ollie Smith will start as a fifteen, and he'll be on the bench waiting because he gives you a really as we've always talked about, he gives great option on the wing. He can come in at ten if need be and things like that. Um, and I will say this once again, and I have said this regularly, and I will say this once again, and this weekend, um, and also the Italian game, he he absolutely proved that Darcy Graham is one of the top three wingers in the world. He is a phenomenal winger. There's not one, I would be very, very doubtful if he doesn't go in alliance to her. He is, at this moment in time, unstoppable, and we're, I'm incredibly pleased with him. He's a phenomenal player. Yeah, that's probably fair. Johnny, any any advance on those two, or have you got more to add no, about the... No, I mean, that's mostly what I was going to say. Um... BK15's problem now is that he is by far away our best 15 and our best 23 because he is an outstanding fullback. He always has been. Um, And when people in here, namely me and John, were getting dogs abuse for what we said about Blair Kinghorn, we never said Blair Kinghorn was bad. What we said was Blair Kinghorn was a very good 15 and this Ted experiment didn't make sense. And and lo and behold, Blair Kinghorn is incredible 15, and that 10 experiment didn't really make sense. Um, but he has now got experience as an international 10. He had a really good season as a club 10 for Edinburgh. So now if we need to go 6-2, you need to have Blair Kinghorn on the bench because Blair Kinghorn can cover basically every position of the backs. But to do that, you've then got to sacrifice your best fullback because 
want to be starting 15 as well. So so he, he finds himself in a bit of a conundrum again because he is now by far and away the best option in two positions. Craig's right about Darcy. He is phenomenal, um, yeah. like mind-blowingly. Um, and to throw another bit of a homer pick, but this time for me and Craig rather than for Glasgow, um, the ruck speed when George Horn came on uh, notched yeah. up significantly. Yeah. Um, he had another really, really good game. Um, he's got to be, I would think, nailed on now for the World Cup squad um, because the way that he got the breakdown going in the second half, he was it was like night and day. And, and Ben White is a great player and, and Ben White... Uh, is absolutely deserving of a, of a World Cup place and of being in contention for for Scotland starting scrum half, but what George did to our breakdown and to our rock speed in the second half on Saturday was phenomenal, um, and he needs to ha- we need to have a serious look at him as a starting scrum half. I think I get, I, I, I get, oh, on you go, Craig. Sorry, on you go. No, sorry, John. I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt me, but um, no, I did because I talked. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, I think. I think. The big thing with George, though, is that, again, George suffers from the same Blair Kinghorn thing. The, the thing about Blair Kinghorn, you, you can always move him. So if, if we have a problem and he starts at 15 and then we have a problem on the wing or we have a problem at 10, then we can always bring him forward. And, but that means you have to have an out-and-out an out 15 sitting on the bench. Um, or you have to have Hugh Jones or someone like that who has played there before and you're willing to take a chance on him. Um, I think George is similar um, because from what I can see, Ben White starts and George is there to, 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 to up the pace if we think we can get away with it, if we need it. Um, and, and that's that, that's because I think to start a game for the first 20 minutes at the pace that George Horn brings, um, I'm not sure an international squad needs that right away, um, unless we decide that we're going to go and try and, you know, be the, be the end. Um, be the anti South Africa by going out and running them around the place like men, you know, like mad, um, and not take them on in the, in the in the forwards, you know. But no, I agree with Johnny. Like, this is weird. I'm agreeing with Johnny <laughs> on both counts I, as well. Yeah, right. Uh, we need to need to sort this out. So I I thought the big difference for me when George Horn arrived, you saw Finn Russell start to thrive. Uh, Finn Russell on that quick ball. You know, there was a period of about 50 minutes where I don't think Finn Russell done anything wrong and just went about doing doing stupidly sublime things, like things that very few tens in the world can do and just doing them with absolutely no no, no, no razzmatazz, just like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to drop a wee kick in behind here and pin you back and do this and do that. And all whilst it, it looked quite serious, he looked like he was he was reveling in the role. We 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 mentioned this in the chat, Johnny, but didn't we didn't dare put this out publicly. And I, I totally agreed with you. Finn Russell's defensive performance. Oh, was, oh my word! Yeah. He was defending like a like like his life depended on it. Some Do you know what I think it is? In. From the from the like attacking point of view, is I think that George Horn. And Sioni Tuapolotu, do they not just have the impression of being fun? Yeah. I think when Finn when Finn's between those two, he's like, do you know what? This is actually really good fun. <laughs> We're just having a laugh. The banter bus has arrived. Let's go. Exactly. I would say, however, and, and we both Johnny and I forgot to say say about say this when we're talking about Darcy Graham. Talk about sublime 
um, doing sublime things. That uh, try that he scored, yeah. nobody, nobody in the world apart from the top three players in the world can do something like that. Yeah. That is a try he did not... It's not that he didn't deserve it. That's absolutely wrong. He did deserve it to put himself in, into there. Yeah, he you didn't know, have any right to score it. He had no right to score that, but actually... It was what I liked about the fact is some people, you know, go into those and if it's a dodgy call, they still get up and they go, "Yes, I scored it." Yeah, yeah. You knew that Darcy had scored that because he oh, yeah. was absolutely yeah. there was no absolutely no, um, you know, the, there was no doubt in his mind that he didn't score it. He got up and was celebrating incredibly well, you know, incredibly. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. It in the house, uh, and and as soon as it as soon as it was scored, you saw you saw him on the screen. And I said, I was watching with my wife, and I, I was like, "Yeah, he knows he scored like that is a try." Yeah, yeah. Some, some, some finish. Um, so we'll we'll come to you both. Just co- conscious of time, but we'll come to you both in terms of we've had two two warm up fixtures. Now we've had four four folks have been evacuated from the squad. Now they've been been dropped over that. After you saying he should start against France as well, Johnny. Um, Adam Hastings has been let go from the squad. Stafford McDowell, Kyle Rowe and Cameron Henderson have, have all been let go as well. Um, give me give me two names, Johnny, who's, uh, who are now on a sugary peg after the first two rounds of fixtures. Um, Javin Sebastian and Luke Crosby. Sorry, Craig. Names. Any, <laughs> any, partic- any particular reason, or do you just think there's better options? Uh, I think Luke Crosby suffers from being in a position where we have ridiculous depth. Like, how how do you pick three of the back rows that have played at the moment? Like, how how do you pick three to start after these last two weeks from Matt Fagerson, Jack Dempsey, Jamie Ritchie, Hamish Watson? And Rory Dard. So then Luke Crosby then becomes like, oh, how do you get him in the squad if you've got all of them in the squad? So I don't think he's necessarily done anything to play himself out. I think he's just been very unlucky. Um, and uh, Javin, to a certain extent, has been unlucky uh, as the flip side of Xander being quite lucky, I think. <laughs> yeah. To be perfectly honest. That's quite fair, actually. Yeah, Craig... Two, two names that may, may or may not find themselves. Well, I, could give, I could give you, a, I could give you a fair few, um, uh, because I think you know there's a, there's a few players I agree with Johnny, um, um, but because uh, I think Luke Crosby won't be going, but that's not got nothing to do with Luke Crosby not being a good player. He's he's a phenomenal player. I think he's just unlucky that we've got such talent in the back row, as Johnny has just said. Um, <laughs> I think Ali Price might not go. And my 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 reason for that is um, not just to grab headlines, but it's to it, you know Jamie Doby, I think will go in a George Horn role in two thousand nineteen, so he's going for the experience. He's going to be there to 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 see international rugby at its best, and and maybe come on against against um, is it Romania we play and uh, yeah. you know um, so you know you might see him there. I think Ben White and uh, and George Horn are going to be a, a or two or two nines for the big games. Um, Ali, I'm I'm not I'm not pleased to say this because Ali Price is, is, has, 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 has had a phenomenal career, 
I just think he, out, out of the, the, the nines that we have, um, I think you're going to take two starters or, or two two big game nines, um, one to replace the other um, when it's time. And also you're going to take along someone who's going to learn from the experience. Um, and the other one, I think, and I think I said it before, um, you and Ashwin, I think Ashwin may not go. Um, and we'll have Turner, um, we'll have Cherry, and we'll have um, uh, Stuart McAnally. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, I, I have to say, and just to just regarding Java and Sebastian, um, I actually think Murphy Walker might not go because Javan came on when Murphy went off and actually performed far better the, than him. The only the thing strong. I would say that's that stops me from saying Murphy loses out instead of Javan is that that Murphy could play both sides. Yeah, if that's it, true. If it's a toss-up between those two, I would go with Murphy because of because he's got a bit more versatility. That's that's the only thing really separating them for me just now. Well, I, I just, I just, sorry, John, on you go. No, I was going to say yeah, I, and the point we've just made about Jamie Dobby probably rings true for Murphy Walker as well. Very like, true. Very true. 20, I never 20, thought 20, of that. 23 years of age, Javin, for all the best will in the world. I, I, you know, I don't think he's necessarily going to see many World Cups, let's be honest. Um, and we all know my view on him as a player. I'm not entirely sold on it, but I I, I can see the argument for he did improve the scrum when he came on for Walker, but I think I think versatility and depend, that's the thing, price, uh, price is in the same boat. It just depends on that the way that Townsend wants the squad to look. Um, I think price you know, Ben White's injury basically is whether Price goes or not. I totally agree with you. Great. Yeah, I think yeah. he's 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 on the, the chopping block. But yeah, it's all kind of down to the, the blend of the squads. But I would be very surprised if Townsend hasn't already got a very good idea of twenty nine, maybe even thirty of the of the thirty three that he's wanting. With a view that they're in, they're only in France. So if somebody goes down injured, you know, it's you're, we're not exactly talking a twenty-four hour flight out to the middle of nowhere, are well, we? Got, yeah, they've not got any jet lag to worry about and things like that. I think also you've got. I, th- I don't think Josh Bayless will go. Um, although I really like Josh Bayless, <laughs> um, mm. but again, he's suffering from the same um, the, the same issue that uh, Luke Crosby has. Um, uh, but who would Josh who Bayless would be a Scottish like role just now? Eh? Well, that's it. You know, it seems to. <laughs> Tell me about. It. I'm. My son has decided he wants to really, really be a back row, and I'm saying, you know, actually, you know, there's a hell of a lot of back rowers going about at this point in time in Scotland. You know. <laughs> Tell you where you need to be playing, son. Tight head. Okay, get it. And you get an extra steak. Aye, here you, know, you go. And, and tight heads are salty earth. The the, the, the linchpin of the <laughs> team. <laughs> eat, eat what you want when you want and here's lots of Guinness to wash it down son <laughs> honestly um, so let's let's just quite, we'll quickly wrap up obviously we've got France again this weekend we don't know the teams yet um, Johnny but we're, we're, we're kind of guessing we're going to see a, a more full noise France Townsend said he has no interest in Cottonwell um, he's wanting to to get these this team as many minutes the team for South Africa, basically, as many minutes as they can. What do you see happening at the weekend, and where are we at? I think if we get a full noise, France, that France will win, but I don't think it's a big deal. 
to be honest. Um, I think we've seen what this team can do. I think we'll see a little bit more of what they plan to do this weekend. Uh, Townsend might say he's got no interest in cotton wool and he wants to go full noise with the first 15. But there are business decisions to be made by the players as well. Um, So I think a lot of players probably have one eye on not missing the World Cup. If we lose, it's not a massive deal. If we win, it will be great. But I think if we see a more full noise France in France, this will be a much more difficult game. This will give us an idea of the sort of intensity that we're going to be facing against South Africa. But if we don't win it, I'm not massively concerned. Craig, agree, disagree? Yeah, I can only really echo what Johnny said, to be honest with you. I think what you might see, um, and you know, you might see certain players being thrown into, what, what do you want to call it, the A side, the, the, the side that's going to be playing the big games. You might see a Healy in at 10 to see how he deals with having two Pilato outside him. Um, uh, you know, so you may see a few of those players in there, um, Javan in at three or um, or Murphy Walker, or you, you might see some of those, a, a wee smattering of players that are maybe on the borderline of going or not going. Um, but really, I think just, I think just as Johnny said, I think you'll see 70, 80% of the, of the main squad playing. Um, but, um, and again, I agree with Johnny. I'm, if we don't win it, I'm not put up and down. The, the, the winning is going to have to be when we have that first against game against South Africa. That's when I'm only in, I'm interested in them winning. So on on that very topic, then Craig, um, being a Scottish rugby fan is often a, a cursed, particularly this this time in a World Cup cycle. It's a cursed time where we we always. We panic and players go down with injuries and we always look at, you know, we end up in the group of death. South Africa have not got their problems to seek. Um, a couple of very big names have been omitted from, from the South African team, uh, the squad duty injury. Uh, Pollard, Am, and uh, the other one escapes me just now. Diego. Diego, yeah, yeah. Which, Diego's one's a very strange one. Like, comes down with an illness and yes, missing the whole World Cup. It's a chest infection that turned out to be worse than they thought it was. Like, how much worse does the chest infection get that you miss an entire World entire Cup? Entire World Cup, yeah. Like, ruled out well, before it could be the something World Cup. really pretty bad, yeah. If it is maybe just keeping it on the down low, but... Um, yeah, um, got the good news this week that that Oxnish is uh, Oxen Oxen or whatever you want to, however you want to just um, pronounce his name. He's going, so he's he's got over his um, his pectoral issue. Um, so the, I, everyone's talking about um, about these these players that are that are missing from the South African squad. They've got plenty of other clones coming through um, that can can. Pick us up like Hulk and smash us into the ground. Um, so I, I, I don't really, I, I, I don't think they're going to see a huge chink in their armor. If I'm going to see anyone that we're going to miss, I think it's going to be Pollard. I think, um, yeah, I you know, I think that's the one that that's the one player I think that that they could have done with having. Um, I think uh, Am hasn't been on a particularly strong um, vein of form over the last. Um, um, few months um every time i've seen him play he's been kind of 
okay, not the arm that we 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 grow we've grown to love and 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 and, and love watching, you know. So we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Wait and see, indeed. Um, we will we'll call it for now on the free to air podcast. Uh, we will be back next week. Hopefully, we'll get a more regular schedule of uh, programming. Uh, I know we've been jumping about a wee bit just with you know school holidays and all all that stuff that impacts your friendly podcast team. Um, we will be back next next week to pour over the Scotland France game. Uh, and we should, in theory, have uh, possibly a World Cup squad by that point, because um, I know there's decisions being made quite quickly after that game, with a view to the, the, the squad will be obviously announced way before the Georgia game. So um, we, we, we may have lots and lots to talk about, um, but we will be back next week. For now, though, we're going to head over to the uh, Patreon, uh, and you'll end up sticking about. We'll get... What I'm presuming may be quite fiery. Um, looking forward to this one, I must admit. Uh, but for now, on the free tier, it is good night from me and good night from Craig and Johnny. Bye. Bye.